welcome back to Why Hockey as we preview a playoff series that while most people seem to think the Panthers will win easily, I've been red killed by the Panthers and they still haven't won a playoff series since I was two years old. Uh, to preview this, we had to get somebody in who knows a thing or two about the Washington Capitals, and I don't think there's anybody better to do that than somebody who I worked with very briefly three years ago, which also simultaneously feels like a thousand years ago from Washington Hockey Now, technically a teammate of George Richards, Sammy Silver. Hi, Sammy. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you for having me. Always, always fun. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm getting flashbacks to when we actually did the Testudo Times podcast together very, very briefly. A uh, couple shows in 2019. I was optimistic about Maryland football then. I shouldn't have been. Uh, but you aren't here, all of you listening, to hear us talk about Maryland sports. I don't know why any of you would want to do that. That, that, <laughs> that is very, very painful. I, I could talk about it a lot. I just don't think people want to hear that. Let's focus on this series because there's a, a lot to get to. And I think the first thing that everyone wants to know, obviously the Capitals are going to say anything publicly, Sammy, but Alex Ovechkin looks to be just fine, or at least the playoff version of just fine. Uh, do you think that we're going to – I doubt it's going to be – anything that would cause him to miss games, but how healthy do you think he is? Everybody in, you know, DC kind of collectively held their breath on, on Sunday back when he got injured. I mean, you look at, O, and, you know, as somebody who, you know, I've been fortunate to cover him and, you know, get to speak to him and see him play and lead by example. He's a guy who hates to miss time. And he's a guy who, you know, he, he doesn't miss games. I mean, he's, he doesn't miss games. He loves to play. He loves hockey. And I mean, obviously I hope he loves hockey. I mean, that's why he's, you know, that's his job, but I mean, you know, you, you saw him go down and, and there were a few question marks and, you know, he missed the end of the regular season. Anyway, we caught up with him on Sunday. He said, he's feeling good. Uh, he said if, if they weren't playoff game or if they were playoff games, uh, he would, he would have gone ahead and played. Um, but, you know, he wanted to rest the injury, which I think more so the end of the season kind of determines, you know, how much you say about an injury. Um, but he's been a full go. He looks good. He looks, you know, energized. He looks like, you know, classic Ovi. And signs to me point to him being, you know, ready to go for, for game one. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, 100% and on the yeah. I think you have to cut his leg off for him to not be playing in the playoffs at this point. Oh yeah. Uh, considering how many of these he has left and we don't know how many he has left. And that ties me into this question. I want to ask, uh, I follow the caps a little more closely when I was down in Maryland, but I want to get your opinion on what is the psyche of the caps fan base right now? Because as we joked four years ago is not that long ago, but it feels simultaneously like yesterday and a million years ago. And since the caps won the cup, they haven't won a playoff series. And there's all this talk about, when is the fall coming for the Capitals? When is that Blackhawks, Sharks-like, they're not good anymore moment going to happen? And you don't know if it's going to happen in this postseason, obviously. I checked the comments when the Capitals posted they were playing the Panthers on Twitter, and there was a lot of negativity, I would say. So what is the psyche around the Capitals fan base at this moment heading into this series about where the team is and what they expect? Because they could have finished third in the Metro and then just lost all their games down the stretch and lost an opportunity to theoretically play an easier opponent. No, I mean, I think that when you look at different fan bases around the league, I think that, you know, fans will somehow, you know, find a negative one way or another 
or they'll find, you know, positives in every negative. You know, I think that fan bases can go a lot of different directions. Um, but as for the Caps fan base, I think that they see a team with a veteran core and a, you know, Stanley Cup window that, you know, is it still open? You know, is, can this team, you know, still pull off a repeat bid? Like you said, there were three first round exits and, you know, you saw one of them in 2019, you know, kind of go down to the end. And then you saw, you know, the bubble hockey, um, you know, with COVID, you know, against New York kind of fall short. And then, you know, you fell, you know, to the Bruins in five last year. Um, and so there are a lot of question marks and especially, you know, the season there, there was adversity, there were injuries, there's questions in net, you know, you have two young goaltenders who neither one of them has really been able to take full grasp of that number one spot. And there's pressure and there's been, you know, beyond the adversity, just inconsistency. You know, you have some nights where it looks like they're on and then other nights where it looks like the effort isn't there, you know, and especially, you know, late down that stretch, you know, you saw things fall apart, you know, not just from one standpoint, you know, without the captain. I mean, you saw the penalty kill, you know, go down, you saw the goaltending, you know, no one really emerged to take you know, sole possession, that starting spot. So I think that there's a lot of different question marks right now, a lot of up in the air, you know, do we need a rebuild kind of thing? If this, if we don't make, you know, make it past the first round, but also is there really reason to panic? Cause we're still making the playoffs. We're still a playoff caliber team. We still have Ovechkin, you know, producing the way he is. So a lot of uncertainty, but also still, questions and on the verge of something but not sure of what you're on the verge of if that makes sense that makes sense it definitely seems like again when when I was at Maryland and that was a while ago now it was all about whether they could actually win in the playoffs and it was a very different time then and the and I was thinking about the Capitals a lot when I think about this Panthers team in particular because mm-hmm. that 29-10 Capitals team that got locked in the first round was arguably the best of all the Capitals teams that we've seen with Ovechkin. And they lost in the first round. And I don't know if anybody thought the 2018 team was the best group that Washington had. And that was the one that won the Cup. So I think about the Panthers, this being maybe the best group that this collection of players will be a part of, and why that might mean, maybe down the line, that they might not win. But how if you keep it going, you can still be competitive and you don't necessarily know when the wins are going to come. Again, I think about Pittsburgh that came right before that 2009. And there were a bunch of teams in the middle of the cup chance teams in 2009-2016. They were really good and didn't win. So I think about that from a Panthers perspective too. And the capital story being uh, obviously important because they had playoff struggles in the Panthers. This group has not won anything yet. Uh, In terms of the goal ending, as you mentioned, is it going to be Samsonov for game one? I would think it would be. But it, they're not going to say, and I saw what happened last year in the playoffs when you're not confident in your goaltending and you chase it, and I'm fairly certain the Capitals are not confident in their goaltending, as you said. So is it going to be Samsonov thinking for game one? And if it is, whoever the goaltending uh, uh, starter is, how long is the leash? See, I was saying this earlier to somebody. I can't remember exactly how I phrased it, but I said you could put – you know, a million dollars on the table in front of me and say, it's all yours. If you can tell me exactly who is going to start. And I couldn't tell you. Um, It is very much up in the air right now. I think around the trade deadline, you had a red hot VTech Vanacek and everybody 
you know, kind of had collective feeling a little bit that, okay, we're not going to acquire a goalie. We're confident in what we have. VTech has really taken the reins and this is the way it's going to go. Um, and, and then you saw a step back and then you've seen flashes of greatness from both. And especially in Samsonov's right, where he's made these incredible highlight reel saves only to falter back at times and experience, you know, a couple of, you know, goals that you want back. And then the, you know, same can go for, for Vanacek as well. Um, I, I would think that the leash isn't going to be long if you surrender, uh, you know, soft goals against a team like Florida. I mean, Florida is a high octane team. They're very good at what they do. You know, they're incredibly deep. They're very well built. They have an incredible offense. You know, it's not just, oh, they got Giroux and they're really good. I mean, they have Jonathan Huberdo, who is among the league leaders in scoring this year. You have Barkov. I mean, and then, and then you have, you know, all the other pieces that go together. You know, it's not just them up front. You have Anthony Duclair, who's insanely good. And he's really stepped into his game this year. You got Sergei Bobrovsky in net. So you have good goaltending on the other side. But I mean, there's, it's a high power team with a lot of star power that can do a lot of damage. And for a team like that, you need to have good goaltending in, in your corner. And so I think if, if there's a falter in a game and right now, Laviolette's kind of hinting at, we're not, we don't have a clear starter. It hasn't happened where Samsonov or Vanacek has taken complete control and, you know, they, they have a definitive number one, they're going to ride through the postseason. I think it's, they're going to ride the hot hand. And if they see a, you know, lackluster game one, they're going to switch it for game two. If they see a lackluster game two, they might switch it for game three. It's, they found success with both goalies all year. It was split down the middle. Um, and unfortunately with the way it's gone, I mean, you know, you, you don't necessarily not want to have a definitive starter, especially, you know, against a team like Florida where everything's stacked and there's a, very set game plan, a very set lineup, you know, star players that, you know, you have to watch, you know, a star goaltender, you know, you have as your starter, like it's not ideal, but it's, it's the way it's going to go. So I would, I would say I'm not leaning toward one guy or the other right now. My question is because the Panthers can do so much to you offensively, like the Panthers can score four on a goalie and the goalie could still have an insane game. Yeah. Like, what is the threshold for making a change? Because there is, as you said, not really a lot of consistency with either of them. And the Panthers could pounce. I've seen games this year where goalies give up four and they were absolutely outstanding. So, like, what is the threshold for them making a change? Because, like, if you give up three in a period to the Panthers, well, congrats. The best goalies in the league have given up three in a period to the Panthers. Like, right. There's only so much you can do. And I just wonder, with the team the way it is, and a team that is not playing great and has not a lot of confidence in either of them. Mm-hmm. Is that something that could, cause I saw it last year when the Panthers made a goalie change, when I didn't think they had to, they ended up chasing the series and it cost them the capitals here. Like you could go down for nothing, but it had nothing to do with your goalie. Cause I, again, we've seen the capitals give up four in a period to Florida and it wasn't the goalie's fault. So yep. it's just my, it's just my question is like, does even changing the goalie, in a situation like that makes sense because of the team you're playing and because of how fragile it might be. 
No, and it's it's a it's a good question. It's a very valid one. I mean, like you said, I mean they're a high octane team. They they do everything right, and they're a team that can lure you into a run and gun and leave you in the dust. You know, it's it's the kind of team that you don't want to get in the track meet with, and a kind of team that you certainly don't want to chase any series behind because you're you know you're you're going to get left behind if you don't do everything correctly. Yeah, yeah. That being said, I mean, you it's not necessarily so much a, a number, you know, of, of goals. I mean, cause like you said, you can have a game where you surrender four goals, but you face 50 shots. Like it's more so, okay. How, how'd your defense perform? You know, sometimes there have been games this season where the goalies have been good, but have surrendered a ugly looking amount of goals. And it's because the defense in front of them was, was nothing to write home about. You know, it's because the play in the neutral zone wasn't tight. It was, you know, way too loose. And you were letting the, you know, the opposition get to the wrong areas, you know, those high danger areas and not shutting it down. And then your goalie has no chance, right? So I think that it will really depend on a lot of different things beyond just like the, oh, what was their final save percentage or what what is their, you know, GAA or how many goals did they surrender? I think that if, Samsonov has a heck of a night or Vanacek has a heck of a night where, you know, they make quite a few, you know, star said saves, but the goals that they surrender aren't to blame on positioning, aren't to blame on, you know, lack of rebound control. You know, they're kind of goals that you would have no chance on. They're goals that result in turnovers or giveaways. I mean, that in itself, I mean, it's going to be that individual performance. Did they tighten up areas where they had issues? Was the positioning off? is the rebound control there. I mean, that's why goaltending is also one of the most interesting positions in the game. I mean, because you can, like you said, you can do all the right things and still have a, you know, if you don't watch the game and you read the recap and you're like, oh, they lost, you know, 4-2, that's not impressive for the goalie, I guess, but that's not necessarily going to be the case. So I think it's going to come down to those fundamentals of, Okay, what were their good saves? You know, did they did our goalie give us a chance to win by doing everything that was in his, you know, power to give us that opportunity? If the answer is yes, then there's no need for for a change. Then again, if you do have a red hot, let's say Sam Sonov gets game one and you have a red hot Sam Sonov in game one, but you lose game one, but you stick with him in game two, but you lose game two. Then you're in a two nothing hole. And then that's when something you might want to make a change just to not necessarily to blame the goalie, just to give your team a little spark or a turn in momentum. Sometimes that's just what you need. That's why in some games where you see teams, you know, pull the goalie after surrendering four, even if it's not the goalie's fault, you're going to be like, you know what, let's make a change to, to spark the roster. But I don't know how many of them you get in a series. I think you get one. And yeah. once you've used the one, that's it. And yeah, again, that's come not just from the experience that Florida had last year where they had to use three, but also yeah. just in general. I think you get one. And if you don't have confidence in the first one, I'm not sure how you can have much confidence in the second. Now, taking the goaltending out of it, it's obviously difficult to do that. What do you think the Capitals have to do based on what the best version of that team looks like? And I think we know what the best version of that team looks like. What do they have to do? to make Florida sweat, because I think most of the projections are saying this is five or six and the Panthers don't have playoff success. Nobody on that roster other than a couple players has had any sort of playoff success. 
So there's going to be doubt in there somewhat at some point. What do you think the Capitals have to do to give them doubt that their style can work in the playoffs? Because that's the talk is, can you play the way the Panthers play in the playoffs? Maybe that question's not necessarily answered in this series, but what do you think the Capitals have to do in order to make them question themselves, which they have not done at any point this season? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think what something that's interesting that Laviolette mentioned is that there's no, you know, A, B, and C, you know, you need to do A, B, and C against, against this team and, and you're going to have success. I mean, they're, they're a team where you cannot make any mistakes, but that being said, there are a lot of things that you can do. They're a group that, you know, you can get into a track meet with and a run and gun and, and not win if you don't do everything correctly. You know, you gotta, you gotta play with pace. You gotta play with physicality. You gotta throw the weight around. You gotta win those tight battles in the neutral zone. You gotta take good care of the puck. You gotta make smart decisions and you gotta be aggressive. You know, and that's that's the way you're gonna, you know, kind of slow them down is you gotta play with pace and you gotta win those battles, whether they be key faceoffs or, you know, tightening up your play in the neutral zone or just shine down the power play too. I mean it'll frustrate them. You know, if you, if you play a physical game and you block a lot of shots and you, you know, keep them out of those high danger areas, they're going to get frustrated. Cause that's where a lot of the power comes in is through that star power, you know, through that roster that features, you know, Huberto and features Barkov and features Giroux and, you know, those kind of star players. Once you take that star power away, that's going to start to get a little frustrating. You know, if, that's where they've been successful all year is that high octane offense. If you shut that down, I mean, not only are they not going to find the score sheet, they're going to get frustrated and it's going to let that doubt creep in. So, I mean, that's, if you're Washington, that's going to be exactly what you want to do. I think the one thing Washington has to do if they want to win this series, personally, you have to go to the Panthers into being rash, whether that means, getting them to be a little overeager in the offensive zone and giving up odd man rushes, they'll do it. They're not the best defensive team in the league. They'd be willing to take those risks and then get them into taking penalties. Like Radko Gudis was a capital at one point. I think the capitals know what Radko Gudis is. You have to get them into being a little dumber than otherwise they might be. Cause that's how Tampa beat them last year. And Tampa is at expert level and making you do dumb things. But the Capitals have to do that because even if the Capitals' power play isn't doing particularly well, there's still the threat of Ovechkin. And Ovechkin has killed the Panthers in his career, even if those were very different teams at a very different time. Right. I think that, 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 is, that is object number one. There is only so much you can do to stop them in terms of an offensive game because there's just, they just throw so much at you all the time that there's only so much. Even their worst periods, they could still get 10, 11 shots and high-quality chances. Right. I just don't know if you can beat them unless you have them beat themselves. And that requires at the very least a successful power play. And that requires them to be dumb. And I I think the capitals can do that. I think they've got guys that can do that, but can they do it enough? I think is the, is the key. Cause that, that, that that is, that's at least object number one. And then object number two, I think, is you, you, I don't think the Capitals can play in a track. I, they're an older team. They don't have speedsters in the same way Florida does. Like, Panthers will just be faster than them no matter what. Yep. I think they have to slow the game down at any single way they can. 
do you think they're capable of doing those things at a high enough level to frustrate them more than once? Because the Panthers have not had any longer than a three-game losing regulation this season. I think so. I think it depends with – it definitely – playoff hockey is such a different animal. You know, I think that when you get into the postseason, I think that all regular season, everything goes – not goes in the trash – because you definitely don't write off a, a good regular season. You know, I think if you do, then you're being ignorant to, to the team. But again, I mean, the series, you know, goes from, oh, you know, you had the best record in the league to, you know, what we're tied 0-0 going into, you know, a one versus eight seed playoff series. And, you know, with those matchups, it's a best of seven, but you also get the time to read your opponent. And a team like Washington, you know, they're like, okay, we'll, we'll play physical or we'll block shots or we'll tighten up on this area of the ice. We'll watch film and we'll see where we can slow them down. They'll get to know each other very well over these next few games. So considering with regard to losing streaks and that kind of stuff, I think you can definitely get a lot of momentum and roll with it when you're facing the same opponent over and over and over because you get more time to read it. Um, you know, not so much you get a new opponent night after night. So, so in terms of players in this series, for I mean, obviously, you know, the stars have to be stars. But is there any one player, do you think, that is a little bit more unheralded that the Capitals are going to need to have a big series in order for them to have the ability to push Florida back? I mean, it's, I mean they, Ovechkin obviously has to score. They need the best version of Kuznetsov. We talked about the goaltending. And obviously, they have incredible defensemen, obviously, still in John Carlson. Is there anybody like, – there's got to be somebody else who I think could be a, a spark plug. I think that player is Anthony Mantha because I don't think the Caps have had the best version of him yet. And he can do some things that I'm not sure the other top-end forwards on the Capitals can do that could serve to frustrate Florida in a way that – I, I'm not sure they're going to get super frustrated by Marcus Johansson, even if he won the cup with them four years ago. I'm not sure they're going to get hugely frustrated by Connor Sherry, but Anthony Manta, I could see being frustrating. Is there anybody else like that? that you think if the capitals are to really push that they would have to be a star in the series. Well, I mean, I definitely think Mantha, but one of his, one of his line mates, you know, Lars Eller, I I'm going to pick him as one of my X factors. I think that, with a team like Florida, you're going to need, you know, good play at, at both ends of the ice, but Eller is somebody who can, you know, lead the charge on your penalty kill and lead the charge at center. You know, he's a guy who can win face-offs. He can push in the offensive zone. He ended the season kind of finding more consistency with his offense than he did earlier in the year. Um, I definitely saw a different level of play with him and a lot of chemistry with Mantha um, on, on that unit and, you know, start to really get you know, into those dangerous areas, really show off his shot, show off his offensive ability, win those battles, you know, win those critical battles, work hard in the offensive zone, get to the right areas, you know, engage for the puck, take good care of the puck. And, you know, ultimately that's what's going to score you goals. Um, and I think that secondary scoring is going to be key for Washington too. I mean, like you said, you can have your OVs and your koozies and your, you know, all of that, but you, you need that middle six to really step up and get you that secondary scoring. Cause you can have Ovechkin, you know, score all of your goals. That's fine. But in the long run, that's not going to win you a cup alone. 
you know, especially a team like Florida, you need to shut them down. And somebody who has good two-way play and is capable of shutting you down is a guy like Lars Eller. So I'm going to go a little bit off the board here and I'm going to pick him as, as my X factor. I think that makes sense because I just wonder whether Laviolette's going to want a line match because I mean, it's hard to do that against the Panthers when they're, they have got three lines that can absolutely destroy you. Yeah. And I don't know if line matching makes sense, but I think quite clearly he's probably the best defensive center at this point. You could do the most to shut the down. I just wonder whether he even would think about line matching, but against the Panthers, I don't know if that works because the first line in air quotes might not be the first line. It could be the third line. Yeah. And that, and that's why, and that's why they're so dangerous. And I just, I don't know whether Peter Lavila wants to do that. Has he done it much this year? Line matching like that? It. It, it definitely, I mean, line matching is something that definitely depends. I mean, I think on your opponent, I would see, see the interesting thing about Florida is all those games came in like November. Yeah. They all came in a month. Like they all came in such a short span in November. That wasn't even like the trade deadline, Florida Panthers, you know, it was like the pre-Giroux Panthers. And it now was you have the, to... just changed to coach Panthers in many cases. Exactly. Exactly. And so you have this team that you're like, Okay, like it, it, it's a different group. You know, it's not even just, oh, we faced them like a really long time ago in the regular season. We went one, one, and one. So it can't be all that bad. It's no, this is a, you got a couple of really big name additions there, but still a team that did everything right before that. So what are we going to get this time? So I think that when it comes to line matching and, you know, who's going to go up against who, Laviolette's going to, you know, you got to feel out a series like that. You got to see, okay, is my, you know, really good fourth line, powerhouse fourth line going to shut down the Giroux line? You know, that kind of thing. So it's definitely a game-by-game game thing, I would, I would say. So as we start to wrap this up, my cynicism about the Panthers is making me think that this goes longer than some people would expect because, again, the Panthers haven't won anything. And until they win something, I'm not exactly going to be confident that they can win, even with this team as good as it is. But knowing everything objectively as I do, the Panthers are clear favorites and probably should win this in five or six. Do you think the same? I'm going to go with a seven-game series. All right, I so you're going to make our lives miserable is what, what you're saying. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's, yeah, that's me. I'm going to make the make it miserable. No. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, the reason I say seven games, I'm getting very 2010 feels from this, you know, those high octane, kind of when the Caps won the President's Trophy in 2010, and they were really good, and Ovechkin was, you know, number one Ovechkin, arguably, you know, the best season ever, you know, by a player like that, and, you know, you had everybody doing the right things, you got a stacked roster, and, you know, not a lot of questions, and a clear favorite for the Cup. And then you had scrappy AC Montreal come in and ride a red hot Yaroslav Halak and do the right things to, you know, shut Washington down. And then they made, you know, their own little run. I mean, I, there's a lot of fight in this Caps group, you know, and I think that playoffs are a different animal where, you know, you, it's not like the regular season. It's not, oh, you know, the Caps has so, so year. So they're going to crash and burn or, you know, Florida had a hell of a season. They're going to 
you know, sweep every series. I mean, that's not, if that was playoff hockey, then, then I think that every Stanley cup will go to every president's trophy winner every single year. Um, and that that's never the case. I mean, you know, it's, it's far from the case. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm going to predict a seven game series though. You think Florida wins it though? I don't. I don't. You think the, you think the Capitals are going to win? You basically think this is 2010 inverse. I think so. I don't know why I'm getting that vibe. I'm not a queen of um, predictions. I never have been. If I was, I would win at my March Madness brackets every year, and I never do. Um, but yeah, I'm getting a feel. I just I have a feeling that this is a scrappy group, and I feel like the Caps have what it takes to get you know to get it done and. I I don't know why I feel that way. Maybe it's just uh, you know. Maybe it's because they're playing aesthetic. Florida, who hasn't won anything in 26 years. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because the sun is setting outside while we're recording, or and I'm in. You know, I'm feeling, you know, calm vibes, or maybe I'm just overly optimistic, or I don't know. But I'm getting a feeling from this group. You're and, the first person I think predict that the Capitals would win. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not expecting a Florida crash and burn. They're going to get swept. You know, I think that's going to be a gritty series. And I think that if the Cavs do the right things, they can shut down a team like this. I've it's, seen, asking, it's asking to do a lot, though. It is. It is. But I've seen, I, I mean, we, we've seen the story before. I guess uh, the, the, other, the, other, the other thing I could think of that the Capitals should do is I mean, the Panthers did feast a lot in overtime in three-on-three, and you don't have that, obviously, in the playoffs. Yeah. I I think if the Capitals can get these games to overtime as much as possible, now, easier said than done, but the Panthers played a lot of OT hockey this year, and they feasted on the fact that they were more skilled than everybody. I think if they get more OT games, and I think they obviously then it's a one-puck game, and then you can get the Panthers to be a little bit antsy and make a mistake. So, But then it requires you to survive for 60 minutes, and so that's going to be tricky. Yeah. No, but it should it should be fun. I do know that it's going to be a, a heck of a series to tune in. It, it'll be it, it's going to be very interesting because, as I said, like I, I of all the teams, obviously Washington was the quote unquote worst of the teams that made the playoffs, but it's still the playoffs. Everything's good. Yeah. So, uh, where can people find your work? Of course, we want people to follow your work during the uh, the series on the Capitals' perspective. Yeah, no, you can find me at uh, WashingtonHockeyNow.com. Uh, That's where all of my main work is. And uh, sometimes I appear in uh, Washington City Paper. And Much love to the City Paper in Washington, of course. Yeah, that one. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Sammy Silver. Um, and that's where you can find me. But, you know. Very excited to see you do a hit with George Richards when the series moves back up to D.C. Yeah, no, he he's the man. He's the be, 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 yeah. Be nice to him. Be nice to him. Oh, for sure. He's great vibes. He's a terrific, terrific. Person. He's got to be the happiest man in the world. He had to cover some garbage for many years, and now he doesn't have yeah. to cover garbage anymore. Thank you, Sammy, for coming. Oh, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you during the series. For sure. Thank you.